0: You're listening to Talking Liberties with the ACLU of Illinois. Here's your host, Ed Yanka, Director of Communications and Public Policy. Thank you, Max. Welcome to this special episode of Talking Liberties with the ACLU of Illinois. Over the past few years, the issue of how public schools treat students who are transgender with dignity and respect has become national news. Many of us have gotten to know the name Gavin Grimm, as Gavin fought courageously simply for the right to use the restroom consistent with his identity. But arguably, the epicenter of this debate has not been elsewhere, but right here in Illinois, in suburban Chicago, in District 211, based in Palatine. In fact, the New York Times once described the debate there over transgender use of bathrooms and locker rooms as a, quote, war. How did we get there? Well, four years ago, the United States Department of Education ruled that District 211 had violated the rights of our client, Student A, when they denied her full and equal access to the locker room. The school district objected publicly to that finding and set off a heated, vitriolic public debate. That debate finally ended with an agreement between the school and the Department of Education that allowed Student A to access the locker room, but only with a, quote, understanding that she would dress behind a privacy curtain, a requirement which was placed on no other student but only on Student A. That agreement did not end the controversy in any way, shape, or form. A group of parents and students sued the district in federal court seeking to reverse the locker room agreement reached on behalf of Student A and also seeking to change a long-standing District 211 policy that allowed students who are transgender to use the restroom that aligns with their gender identity the ACLU sued on behalf of another student from District 211, Nova Madej, after she was denied full and equal access to the locker room for gym class. Even as Nova's case has proceeded through the courts, the Illinois Human Rights Act, in another case brought by the ACLU from another school district, has ruled that the state's human rights law demands that students who are transgender in public schools get full and equal access to all facilities, including locker rooms. Against all of this backdrop, District 211 recently made an unexpected announcement. At their meeting scheduled for September 19th, The District 211 School Board will, for the first time, consider a policy that provides all students, including those who are transgender, full and equal access to locker rooms in that district. We wanted to talk about this issue today, and we are so pleased to be joined by someone who has lived through and been directly affected by this long fight, Nova Miday, So, Nova, welcome to Talking Liberties.
1: Thank you for, for having me. It's been good.
0: Um... I want to start, if I can, with this most recent update. Uh, The board hasn't met yet, but I just wonder, from your perspective, what you thought, what your emotions were when you heard that the board was proposing this new policy?
1: Uh, I mean, it, it just kind of struck out of the blue. I was super surprised, and I could honestly hardly believe it. I know the board's mostly comprised of very liberal members, which is amazing. Um, But I still never expected something like this, especially with the case still pending.
0: Um, So let's talk a little bit about your own situation. Where were you in school in in terms of grade when you first asked for access to the locker room?
1: Uh, When I first asked for access to locker room, it was around the end of freshman year. Uh, I had been changing in the men's locker room freshman year and wanted to change in the women's locker room the the upcoming year um and from that moment on it had been a fight with the school and with the district uh it started with them saying i could only change in the men's locker room or the nurse's office uh so at that point in time the the nurse's office was the best scenario um and then I had kept asking and kept persisting, and they eventually granted me access to an old staff locker room, which uh, famously did not work out. Right. Uh, well, we,
0: should, we should talk about, in part, what happened to you one day when you came to change your clothes. What did you find?
1: So, apparently, the school, uh, unannounced, decided to do renovations on that locker room and ripped the locker out in the middle of the winter— um, and replaced it uh, with my lock and clothes still in that locker um after quite a emotional ordeal we found my gym uniform out on the loading dock while it was snowing so
0: yeah um what were school officials saying to you this entire time what were they? telling you? Were they giving you any hope that they were moving towards this? Was this something that you felt like you were just blocked off from? What was happening in that uh, way?
1: Simply put, it, w- it was like I was blocked off from it. It was as if I had no choice in the matter. It was a, you will change in the nurse's office. The locker rooms
0: are completely out of the question. And and I should ask, where was this in in— Uh, in terms of was the Student A controversy, was that public at the time? Was that happening? Do you remember?
1: Uh, At the beginning of this, the Student A um, case was not public at all. Um, And then when it came to the public eye, I started persisting even more and really trying to fight the district in order to get locker room access.
0: So what were the problems that occurred for you as the result of having to dress somewhere else?
1: Uh, there, there were a multitude of issues. Uh, the, the one that affected me the most was that I would often show up to class late. Uh, the high school I went to has an enormous campus. We have three interior gyms. Um, so we've got the main gym and then they have two like second floor shelves to them. And then we have the East gym with the second floor as well. Uh, and then we've got two or three football fields, We've got a track, baseball fields, and everything. So I would never know where to meet. Uh, The teacher would post in the locker room, in the women's locker room, on a whiteboard where the class was meeting for that day. So
0: so wait a second. You're not permitted to dress in the locker room with all the other students, but yet you are— The Where you're assigned to is posted on a whiteboard inside that locker room.
1: Yeah, and uh, I was in in an all-girls gym class, uh, which made it even worse. So I couldn't change uh, in the women's locker room, and therefore I didn't have access to where we were meeting up for that day. So I would end up having to wander the entire gym campus
0: in order to find my class. So did that make you feel like you were out of place, that you were being singled out, that you were um, being sort of outed as transgender every time that happened?
1: Yeah. I mean, everybody in my class knew I was trans. Um, Most Mostly everybody was okay with it. Students were never the issue that I had. It was always with the administration and some of the teachers.
0: And yet you would have to go through this experience every day or every time there was a class in terms of finding out where they were and going out and figuring out where class was that particular day. Yeah,
1: just about every day. There were even times where I'd ask a hall monitor if my class went outside.
0: What would you describe as uh, the attitude uh, uh, then once the student A controversy blew up, you were obviously in the midst of your own fight. What would you describe as sort of the attitude and the atmosphere around the school and around the school district at that time?
1: Uh, student-wise, everybody, I mean, it was kind of the the big drama, I should say. It was the big drama Uh, that week that it initially uh, became public. Um, I remember I was in um, my world affairs class. Uh, It was a um, current events class that covered events happening in the world. And uh, so I did a presentation talking about the student A case, and we in class debated about locker room access. And for the most part, everybody was either that's awesome or i don't know how i feel about that but i don't see any reason
0: why not we should stipulate here i suppose or sort of talk about this i think one of the misconceptions about this is really what takes place in a high school locker room right do there aren't a lot of people who are in a full state of undress or fully naked in a high school locker room these days is that right
1: uh that that's absolutely correct in fact uh my freshman year when I dressed in the men's locker room, uh, not only was nobody fully undressed, but they used the shower portion of the locker room as storage. So there was no reason for anyone to get completely undressed.
0: Yeah, and it, and I think that's one of the things that when you hear the other side push back on this, what they'll often say is, um, you know, the, this fear of, of bodily privacy and et cetera. And it feels to me like teenagers have sort of worked that out for themselves already.
1: I mean, everybody everybody growing up has body confidence issues. Everybody has body image issues, especially with the media nowadays. It's not as... Nobody is getting naked in the locker room, simply put. Um, most people... At, at, like... What I saw quite a lot is people would wrap a towel around themselves and change. I know that uh, my freshman year, I wore shirts that were a bit too long, so that helped cover me up. It was all just this finding a way to help cover yourself because nobody wants to be in the locker room. Everybody just wants to get it over with.
0: You know, when you filed the case, when we filed the case on your behalf, um, there were a group of students, and I want to come back to this point you made earlier, there were a group of students from district 211 who wrote an op-ed piece where they they talked about just how they were all different but the one thing they shared in common was going to this school and they wanted everybody to feel included in that. Did things like that or other students having a positive attitude was that Was that helpful during that time? Was that support? Did that feel supported? Did you feel that kind of support? Uh,
1: District 211 prides itself on being a tight-knit community. Um, The schools have uh, friendly rivalries. Um, So when there's homecoming, there's like a thousand posters in the gym. Everybody's very close. Uh, You know, they took bullying extremely seriously. There was one time I reported it, and within five minutes, I get called down to the office to fill out a report for it. Um, So that type of student support and, you know, support from the teachers was really helpful. Uh, I know when my case became public, um, there were a lot of my teachers would ask me on a day-to-day basis how I was doing. Was I handling this all right? They were really supportive and
0: just wanted to help me in any way they could. You know, one of the things about your case that was different than the Student A case, of course, was that you decided to use your name publicly. And I wonder if you have a sense now of if that's a decision you would still make and why you made it at the time.
1: Oh, that is 100% a decision I would still make. Uh, I did it because when the Student A case became public, there was a lot of pushback from the, the parents group and everything. Um, and, and one of the biggest arguments that they always made was that this person could be a predator, but nobody knew who this person was. Nobody knew what they looked like, who they were, and so I wanted to put my face out there and say, I'm just a normal girl like everybody else here, and I'm just fighting for my rights, and so I wanted to be the face of this because I wanted to add a personal element. You can't attack me when you know about me.
0: Yeah. Uh, although we should also add that <laughs> Student A once, you know, suggested, I think, to me, that she was the most famous anonymous person in the school district. So oh, I yeah. suppose um, that Unfortunately,
1: that was, everybody knew who knew she who, was. Yeah,
0: who she was and, and that that worked out that way. I, I want to come to the end of this and ask you a couple of questions. The first is you've been through this... Process now in this legal process for a few years and been fighting for this and and I wonder first of all what you've learned from it.
1: Uh, uh, I mean, I mean, I, I've learned that the legal system is very much hurry up and wait. Um, but but doing this has actually given me new faith in the legal system um, to actually see the inner workings of it. Uh, to go to hearings and uh, watch lawyers and judges uh, interact. And it, it just gives me a new faith and hope in the legal system uh, throughout all of this.
0: And and I wonder what your message would be to a freshman student who is transgender in one of either those five District 211 schools or another public high school in Illinois about what life can be like what it looks like going forward it's tough but it's
1: it's absolutely worth it to actually be out and proud and live as my truth self has been immeasurably rewarding um and so while it's been a fight every day especially with this lawsuit it has been worth it just so that I can help one other student so they
0: don't have to go through what I've gone through, are you going to go to the board meeting? I'm hoping so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Nova, listen, thank you so much um for coming in today and for talking about all this again and for, you know, sharing your story with us. i'm I'm really grateful
1: oh, it's it's not a problem at all. I'm
0: glad to do this. Just a reminder here, the meeting that Nova was talking about, the District 211 School Board meeting, will take place on Thursday, September 19th at 7.30 at Palatine High School in Palatine. This is the meeting where the Board will consider a new policy aimed at fair and equitable treatment for all students, including students who are transgender. It could well be the end of a four-year process in that school district and bring needed change for students, not just today, uh, but for years to come in that area. Thank you for listening today. Talking Liberties is produced by Max Bever, executive producer Chris Olson. This episode was mixed by Matt Sorrow. Content supervisor is Kimberly Kozio. Our executive director is Colleen Connell. Subscribe to this podcast and rate us. Visit our website at aclu-il.org. Or you can contact us directly at talkingliberties at ilorg Until next time, this is Ed Yonka with Talking Liberties at the ACLU of Illinois. See you soon.